Welcome to the podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Krista. And you're listening to Practical Prepping Quick Tips. All right, quick tip today. We're going to talk about mental toughness. What is mental toughness? You know, a lot of people think about mental toughness as being something that an Olympic athlete has to have, and certainly they do. If you ever watch the Olympics and you see the pressures and the training and the incredible feats that some of these athletes can perform in front of, well, literally billions of people the world over watching them. You've got to have some mental toughness to be able to focus on what you're there to do and to do it at your very, very best, the best in the world. You know, a lot of CEOs of business have to be mentally tough. They're dealing with billions and billions of dollars of of, uh, revenue and product and marketing and employees and all of the issues that come with running a huge, large corporation. So why is mental toughness such an important quality to strive for? Well, it's because if you're going to be a practical prepper, you already know that you're going to be facing some things that are out of your league or over your head, beyond your control, or even your understanding. And rather than put your head in the sand, run away or hide, it's best to try to train your mind to become mentally more tough. Does this mean that you're going to be emotionless, non-caring, robotic? No, not at all. In fact, what it's going to do is it's going to raise your humanity to the next level because you're going to be able to help train your mind to get past some things that are holding you back. So I wanted to kind of share with you tonight some thoughts that I was able to glean from an article that I've read, and I'll get to the details on that in just a moment. But mental toughness is something that I want to strive more for and hope you do too. One of the very first things that you can do on your journey toward toughening up mentally is to admit that you're scared. It is perfectly normal, natural, to be scared, to have fear. It, it can come in many different forms. It would be inhuman for you to walk around saying you don't fear anything. You know, it's a myth that mentally tough people even are not scared. I mean, if you ever speak to a combat soldier or a law enforcement officer, a teacher in an inner city classroom, they're going to admit to you if they're honest that they're scared and that they've been in situations that are very fearsome. And they're being honest when they say, yeah, I was scared. If a Navy SEAL ever tells you that they're never scared and never been scared, they are lying. Because Navy SEALs will tell you straight up honestly, hey, I've been scared. But it's that fear that helps sharpen their focus. And they resort back to their training. And part of their training not only is physical, but mental toughness. So admitting that you're scared is perfectly normal. In fact, it's expected because once you can face self-doubt, then you can begin to prepare mental toughness by facing it and not avoiding it. You know, let me just tell you a quick story. Several years ago, well, I would say several years ago, over 25 years ago, I was in business and I was getting ready to do an enormous new breaking ground of a new building that I was going to build 
and new inventory, and I was going to raise my revenue. And I was going to approach the Small Business Administration, known as the SBA, for a loan for a small business so that I could make my way clear. I was asking for close to a million dollars. That's a lot of money to ask for. And so when I went to the SBA, they were very willing to hear me, but they told me that I needed to make a formal presentation to their board, and they gave me about four days. And basically, they told me when I was going to show up and that I needed to make a presentation, and that's all they told me. They told me nothing more. Well, I had always been self-employed to that point. I'd never had to make a presentation, not even to a bank. All I ever had to do was sit on you know, the other side of the desk and sign my name. Suddenly, I had to make a formal presentation to a corporation for a million-dollar loan. And in four days' time, back in those days, there was no internet or PowerPoint or anything like that. This was all literally like poster boards and, and uh, notebooks. And so I put together a presentation that would basically state the case of what my business was all about, what my history had been, and why I needed the money that I was asking for, with no absolute guarantee that I would get it. Was I scared? You better believe I was scared. There was a million dollars on the line. You know, it's fearful to want that money, and it's even more fearful to know you'll have to pay it back. But I'm here to tell you that the presentation went well. At least they told me it did. I I wasn't really sure. I was still filled with some self-doubt. But I did something that scared me. And I knew in my heart that I was scared, but I had to go through. I had to plow right on through. So I did the presentation, and that very afternoon was awarded the go-ahead so that I could build my building, fill it with inventory, and continue to do business for the next 20 years, which I did. And I will tell you that fear didn't hold me back, but the mental toughness that it caused me to gain by having to do a presentation and push me out of my comfort zone is now something that I wouldn't fear today. If somebody asked me to make a presentation today, sure, I could do it because I pushed myself and I didn't run from it. The second thing would be to do things that you're not good at. I was thinking of all those prepper people out there, including myself, the things that we're not good at, to to do those things. Go ahead and, and attempt to do some things that you're not good at. I have never canned or preserved food. I've never done it. My mother did. My grandmothers did. My great-grandmothers did. I've never done it. Not once. Ever. Not once. I'm a little bit apprehensive about the first time I start canning or preserving food. Because I know I'm not good at it. I've not really attempted it, but I do want to try. And I know I probably won't succeed every time. But I've got to push myself into an area that I know I'm not good at. I am also not good at building a shelter. I've never really had to do that out in the wild. But someday, I may have to. So I already need to know how to do certain things that I haven't even attempted yet. And I realize I may not be good at it. But who cares? So what? I'm, I'm afraid that we're living in a world today where, especially with young people, and I've seen this in students, they feel like if they don't get it perfect the first time, they just beat themselves up. Or they come from parents who insist that they be the best at everything, everything, everything. And nobody can be the best at everything. You know, we seem to put a lot more pressure on our kids than we do ourselves at work. 
you know, if we mess up something at work, we want a whole lot of grace. We need a whole lot of forgiveness and a second chance, but we don't seem to be able to give that much grace and latitude to our kids. So do something that you're not good at. Expect to not be successful at it the first few times. I mean, even Thomas Edison didn't invent the light bulb until his 10,001st attempt. So try to understand that that makes you a leveled up prepper when you can accomplish some things that you aren't good at right now. You've got to practice at it like a musician or an athlete. you got to practice. You're not going to be an overnight masterpiece artist. It, some of these things take years to learn. So give yourself that kind of grace. And this is basically a part one segment of what I'm talking about. So I'm going to hit the last point of part one. And we'll get to part two at another time. But the last point I wanted to make is literally take a pencil and paper and make a list of the things you cannot control. So I did that. I made a list of things I can't control. Here's my list. Death. I can't control storms. I can't control illness. I can't control earthquakes or volcanoes. I can't even control the prospect of a traffic accident. Something I can't control betrayal or heartbreak. Just to be able to tell you those things. Mark's even said, can't even control inflation. That's those are completely out of my hands. That's my that's my list of things that I can't control. Now, it would be futile for me to just not ever think about those things. If I don't think about death, will death not happen? Of course not. That's unrealistic. So if I can list the things that I can't control, I can at least face them. I can realize that they are out of my control and that, you know, at the end of the day, the only things I can control are myself and my emotions. All of these other things I can't control, I have to face them and I have to understand that these are realities. Some of them can be quite inevitable. I mean, death is inevitable. So rather than run in fear, I want to face them and I want to gather up my steely nerves and develop mental toughness so that I can adapt my mind to understanding that if I can't control it, I can control how I respond to it. And that's the main message for part one of mental toughness. I do want to source that Much of the inspiration for uh, this two-part series on mental toughness is coming from one of my favorite writers. Her name is Diane Vukovich, and she writes for PrimalSurvivor.net. And they do have some wonderful articles and a lot of wonderful thought-provoking books and articles that they have written over the years that I really just eat them up. And I do try to apply them to my life personally, and I challenge you to do the same. As we travel on as practical preppers in our journey toward mental toughness. So I hope you like part one of that quick tip. And I'll see you next time.